0: Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. I want to tell you a little bit about this series as a whole. And for that, you might want to have your program in your hand as well. But how did we conceive of this series, filling up your family, and We were talking about this series and, and what, what families need, and all of a sudden, uh, the group of us that planned series began to talk about great memories that we all had from making summer trips together in a car with your family. How many people have ever made a summer trip together in the family, and you have some pretty cool memories from that? Has it ever happened to you? Okay, this binds most of us together, I think. It's a pretty common experience. We did it all the time. Even when we were living in, uh, in Zambia, we had some great family car trips together. Uh, one year when we were on furlough, the Gunn family all piled into a van in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We had flown from Zambia, where we were living at the time, into Chicago, rented a car, Uh, a van for our family, and we were off and and running, and we stayed a few days in Milwaukee, and then we decided we were going to go through the the Upper West. We were going to see Montana and Wyoming and Yellowstone, and it was really cool. We bought a a tent for this trip. We were going to camp out part of the way, we were gonna stay in hotels part of the way, and our family was still young, and we had such a great time. One of my best memories from this trip is the first night that we were camped out in Yellowstone, we we pitched the tent, we got in a little bit late, we barely had time to get the, the tent pitched before it got dark, and so we quickly got a fire going, made our meal, and we were all wiped from the day's trip. And so, very quickly, we got into the sleeping bags and fell fast asleep. The next morning, when we woke up, this was late May, totally unexpected to us, but Anyone from Yellowstone would tell you this is completely a usual experience for that time of year. It had snowed, and I, I mean a good amount of snow. And we were sort of buried in our tent, and I opened the tent flap and I thought, oh, this is so awesome and so beautiful and so cold. And I just was like, mm, this is wonderful. What a great experience no one else in my family thought it was a great experience they were all too cold too wet and my wife and my children they were like "Mm, let's stay in a hotel room from now on that's how family trips go uh and and you probably had some experiences along the way Today we're going to talk about the fuel you need for your family, but I I had you grab your program. I want you to look at some of the other things that we're going to be touching on in the upcoming weeks. So if you go to the bottom of the next steps page, you can see where we're going to go with this series. It's going to be a four-week series, and next week we're going to talk about things that can happen on one of these family trips, things that maybe you've encountered, flat tires, That should say flat tires, lost keys, wrong directions, and trashed interior. Anyone ever experienced any of those things on a family trip? Road rules for your family. I I remember when our kids were all young, and they were sitting in the backseat, and this was prehistoric. There were no screens you could bring along on these trips. So we were trying to entertain them with things like Reader's Digest and books, And I remember that they would get into these fights because my kids loved to tease each other. And I developed an awesome skill for a parent, and that was to keep my driving steady, my hand, my left hand on the wheel very steady, and to be able to reach back with my right hand and swat uh, when they weren't listening to me. It was a very cool skill. Maybe you can relate to that from your family journeys. The, the, the final one is the joys of caravanning. One of our greatest memories in the Gunn family is the time where we and another family caravanned together. Two vans full of big families. I have five children. Uh, they had four. And we went all the way from Lusaka, Zambia, down to Cape Town, a journey of more than 2,000 miles and back in these two vans. And we have amazing memories. And, and we as families are in essence caravanning together in this life. We have, we have been brought together by God to join one another and go through life together. So that's going to be this series. I'm excited to go through it. I hope you are too. It's, it's just going to be a great series. So keep coming back. You'll see that your next step... Uh, at the end of today's message is, commit to coming back for the next three weeks. So let's talk a little bit about the fuel you need for your family. We've all experienced these troubles in our life, uh, that, that different things happen on these journeys. And one of the things that can happen if we're not careful is that we get into a position where we run out of gas, and, and that is also true of our souls, that we in our souls, in our spirits, in our spiritual life can run out of gas. And God has given us a fuel that we all need in order to keep from running out of gas and feed our spirit and re-energize our soul. And that's what we're talking about Today, What is the thing that God has provided that he calls the fuel for our journey on this life? And in particular, our soul journey, our spiritual journey. I wanted to start by, by understanding what is fuel. And you might want to write down a few of these words. I pulled out my friend Miriam Webster so I could understand what what does this word fuel include? Here's what Merriam-Webster says. Fuel is a material used to produce power, something that gives strength, sustenance, and incentive. Strength, sustenance, and incentive. That's what fuel does. Now, what I, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. Jonathan told you what I'm going to tell you already as well, that the fuel that God has provided for our souls is this book, the Bible, His Word, and that as we read His Word, our soul gets fueled up. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of that claim that God makes through the Bible, that that this is what we need to stay strong, to stay, as the definition says, having the sustenance we need and having the incentive that we need to live out God's purpose for our lives. You may be asking yourself, as I did when I thought about that word fuel, exactly how does that work? Because when I think of fuel... I typically think of things like buying gas for my car or charging up a battery that that fuels an an electric appliance or tool or toy. That's fuel. So how is God's word like gasoline? How is God's word like a battery that powers our soul? That's what we wanna talk about first. And I want to begin simply by studying the Bible's claim that it is power. We're going to read our first verse from Romans chapter 1, and I find this so interesting that as we read through these claims, that so many different authors of the Bible begin with the claim that this book... Is not only something that you can trust, but it is something that empowers your life, that transforms your life, that changes you in a very positive way by connecting you to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So let's start with Romans chapter 116. Notice what he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the what? It is the power. Will you circle that word? It is the power of who? It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Let me just translate this for you. Paul the Apostle has never even been to Rome. He's starting out with an introduction, writing a letter that's going to be 16 chapters long. And midway through the very first chapter, he says, let me introduce you to the word of God, which is the power of God. Let me introduce you to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, which will energize your soul. It's the fuel you need. And this fuel is interesting because notice what Paul says here, it will take you all the way home. It will take you all the way to the destination God wants you to arrive at. And how do we know that? It is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. How wonderful would it be to be able to go down to Circle K or QT or Chevron Fill your gas tank up for the last time and know that you could make it to your destination. This is kind of what is being said here, not that you don't have to have repeated applications of the word, we'll deal with that, but simply that this is so powerful that when we repeatedly come back to it, it is gonna take us all the way home to eternal salvation in heaven with our Savior Jesus Christ. Now this is not the only time in the Bible by far that Paul or other authors mention that the word of God is power. When he writes to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul starts in the same exact way. Notice Romans 1.16, 1 Corinthians 1.18, about the same position in the book, about the same length of a book, and what is Paul saying? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. I want to start today's message by by saying something that's really, really important. If we don't think that this book and this message, particularly the good news message of Jesus Christ, is power, if we don't believe that, if that is not in our heart and mind, why would we ever pull it off the shelf? And so the the importance of what I'm about to teach you this morning begins with this. It begins with simply asking yourself the question, where am I at with this truth? Do I believe that there is the power of God in these words? And if I really believe that the power of God is in these words, God's... God's power himself is in these words. How would that change my approach to this book? I, I, I don't know about you. I'm a pastor. I teach that this word is power. I believe that this word is power. I am supremely confident that this word is power. But I find that sometimes days go by where I don't refuel and I let it slip by, which tells me that somewhere deep down in my soul, there's still a little sinful corner that remains that must be questioning that this is truly God's power. Because I think that if I believed it all the way to the core of my soul, I wouldn't be able to let a day go by without being in this word. That there is a point where we have to ask ourselves do. Do I believe that what Paul says here is true? It is the power of God. Now, it goes beyond that. Do I likewise believe that when I access the power of God, when I stop at at God's filling station to fuel up, that good things are going to happen, that my life is going to be changed, it's going to be transformed, that I'm going to be given Good things, blessings through my interaction with this, which leads me to Jesus Christ. Now, I pointed out that Paul starts his books with this message. Do you realize how powerful the Word of God is, the Bible is? Look at the Psalms. You may or may not know that there are 150 Psalms in the Bible, it's huge. 150 songs and poems that were written by various authors. The very first psalm, what does it talk about? The power and the blessing of fueling up with the word of God. That's what it talks about. Let's read it. Blessed, underline that. Blessed, circle it. Put a star behind it. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. The psalmist starts with this. You're on life's journey. Your soul is on life's journey. Take a moment, do an assessment. Who's sitting around you on the journey? Who's with you? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Researchers have said that we become the combination of the five people that we're closest to. Verse 2. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, in the Bible whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who loves the word of the Lord, who just gets giddy when they get a chance to be in the word of the Lord, and who meditates on his law, the Bible. That's just an Old Testament way of saying the Bible. Who meditates on his law day and night. That person is going to experience tremendous blessing and life change because he will be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. You're gonna ha- you want to have a fruitful life? Connect. Which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. You're, you're not going to... Run out of energy. You're not going to run low. You're not going to go dry and die. You will not wither in your soul and in your spirit when you are connected to this word. Whatever they do prospers. What an amazing promise that the psalmist is making to you and to me here that God's word is power. And it is powerful, and it will produce positive life change, heart change, mind change, action change. If you are looking at your family right now and thinking to yourself, man, we fe- it just feels like our family is stalling out. We need to make some changes. We need to get things on a more positive track. And you're thinking to yourself, I can will this to happen. I have enough willpower to make my husband love me, my wife love me, my, my children love me and obey me and do the right things and to bond this family together and that, and that if I just have enough willpower, I can make this happen. Do you know what the problem with that is? You can't make it happen on your own. I don't care how strong your willpower is. We all need God's help. We all need God's love, mercy, forgiveness, strength, wisdom. We all need it. And because we're all sinful, and because we, as Jonathan said earlier, fall short and fail, above all, we need the cross and the empty tomb and God's forgiveness that Jesus won for us. We all need that in order to make our family relationships healthy and function. And so we need to be like that tree planted by streams of living water. The Bible itself calls this living water. And so this, this is something that we've got to have. So here's our first point. God's word is powerful and produces life change. This is, the, this is the foundation. We, we have to believe this. And we have to believe that when God's word connects us with Christ and with God, amazing things happen. You get a new identity. The Bible gives you the promise that through faith in Christ, you're a dearly loved child of God now, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. You get a new destiny. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You get a new purpose as God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for you to do. You you have new possibilities with the Bible promising you you can do all things through Christ. You have a new family, brothers and sisters that, that Jesus gives you when you come to faith in him. Think for a moment about the amazing truths of those promises and how life-changing they are, you now know who you are, where you're going, what God wants you to do with your life, who's on the journey with you, and how possible things are for you with Jesus walking with you you know this through the promises that God gives you in the the Bible. Just to make this point even more firm, the Bible talks about the person who doesn't refuel, the person who thinks they can will it to happen or that they, they have the personal wisdom to make it happen, that they don't need God's word, they don't need the help of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God, They don't need God. Amos talks about it. He says, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Now, just look at the contrast between Psalm 1 and Amos 8. I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will, read it with me, people will from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, and and notice this, people in the physical prime of their life, they will never be stronger than at this moment, never be more beautiful or handsome than at this moment, In that day, the lovely young women and the strong young men will, say it again, will, they will faint because of thirst. What kind of thirst? Not physical thirst. Soul thirst. Uh, Circle those words, will you? Stagger, verse 12, wander. Wander faint, thirst. Is that what you're feeling in your life, in your soul, in your spirit, in your family's spirit and soul? That that you can't seem, no matter how hard you try, to pull your family together, to get it going in the right direction, to to get everybody to hold it together and love one another and be family? Family? Maybe it's because you're experiencing a thirst for the word of God and you haven't refueled. I want you to write this point down. Without God's word, we cannot create a healthy life, much less a healthy family life. Let me illustrate this for you. If you don't have, and I'm just going to illustrate with one of the many blessings. So, the blessings that God conveys to us through our connection to the Word of God are so many. I I could just spend the rest of this message listing them for you. Things like peace, and joy, and happiness, and forgiveness. And certainty about God's love and confidence about your future. So I could create a long list, but let's just talk about one of those, forgiveness. Forgiveness is so important because what forgiveness equates to is taking all the weight of your personal baggage and cutting it loose and giving it to God through Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but me, I'm sinful. And I've been sinful for a long time. In fact, the Bible says I've been sinful since conception. I've done a a lot of things I'm not proud of, I'm severely ashamed of. And if I didn't know about forgiveness through Jesus Christ, I would be dragging behind me a lot of baggage. One year, our family vacation was to go with Julie's brother and sister and they had a big family. We had a growing family. We decided we were going to rent an RV. Big vehicle, but the beauty of it is you can pack a lot of baggage in a big RV. Some of you have trucks and you haul trailers and it has all your baggage in it. Do you know what kind of gas mileage you get when you haul a trailer or drive an RV? It ain't great. Do you see where I'm going with this? If we don't have forgiveness, then we got to haul our own baggage. And if we got to haul our own baggage, can you imagine the drain on your personal energy, your soul energy, when you are trying to drive forward, it's the difference between 20 miles to the gallon and three or four miles to the gallon. And some of us are driving around not knowing the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and we have rented a big Winnebago RV or a trailer, and we're trying to haul it with us because we don't know we could cut it loose and travel light. This is what I mean when I say God's word is so powerful in so many different ways and gives us a healthy life and a healthy family life. And without God's word, without it, you can't create a healthy life or a healthy family life. Let's flip the page. Here's how I want to spend the last 10 minutes. If you have come with me this far, if, if you are willing at least to allow that maybe it's true that God's word is power. Maybe it's true that God's word can fuel my soul and fuel my life. Maybe it's true that if I'm like that tree planted uh, by by the stream of God's word, I will thrive and prosper and, and blessings and fruit will come my way. Maybe that's true. Now what? I hope many of you are further than maybe that's true. Maybe some of you are with me and you're like, that's definitely true. And you might be asking, okay, now what? In the last 10 minutes of this message, I want to get practical and tell you now what? There's a continuum of stopping at the filling station that goes from one thing to the next most important thing to the next most important thing to the final most important thing, four things. And I'm gonna list them for you. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna list them for you on the basis of Psalm 119. Now, one last time, I am gonna point out to you how important God's word is, even by its positioning in the Bible. If you have a physical Bible like I do, You open up to Psalm 119. Do you see my Bible? Do you know how easy it is for your Bible to flop open right to the middle? Because that's where my Bible's at, right in the middle at Psalm 119. Do you know what Psalm 119 is? It is the longest chapter in the Bible. Not just the longest Psalm, it is the longest chapter in the Bible, right in the dead middle of the Bible. And do you know what Psalm 119 is about? The power and the blessing of connecting to the Word of God, of knowing your Bible, of knowing God because you know your Bible. Now, I'm going to give you just uh, one segment of this, one last interesting fact about Psalm 119 it's an acrostic poem. The Jews love to do this in their poetry, and what that means, and, and you may see this if you have an NIV Bible like I do, it's, it's in sections. The first one section is labeled Aleph, the next one, Beith, Gimel, Daleth. Anyone know what those words are? Aleph, Beith, Gimel, Daleth? If you were Jewish, you'd know what they are because you would have been to Hebrew school and you would have learned that these are the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the psalmist wanted to say, if you want your soul to grow and know everything about the power of God's word and have a healthy spiritual life, let me lay out for you the power and the blessings of God's word from A to Z. And I'm, I'm, God's going to position this right in the middle of the Bible so everybody can see by its very positioning that this is core. This is core. All right, let's read. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Do you want to seek God? Do you want to find God? This section starts with here's where to find God. Seek him out here. And, and, and make a commitment not to stray from his commands. I had an interesting experience. I'll, I'll summarize it very quickly. Julie and I were on a trip to San Diego several years ago, a number of years ago now, and just before Yuma, our engine started acting really bad, hiccuping, sputtering. Eventually, we had to pull off the freeway. The engine died, we got towed into Yuma took it to a mechanic the next day, and he said, you know what happened is you got a tank of bad fuel. I did? I bought it from a, a, a company that I trust. He said, yep. Yeah. And he said something. Now, you, you may not buy this. In fact, first service, I saw some people going, shaking their heads, and I think they were saying inside their minds, Pastor Jeff, you got scammed, but, but, but follow me on this. The mechanic said, buy Chevron fuel because the additives and the detergents that they put in in Chevron fuel will clean your engine and will prevent this from happening. Now, I'll tell you, I didn't like that advice because Chevron is always more expensive. It just is. You know, pay another nickel or, I'm cheap. Really? A nickel more a gallon? There's... There's like 18 gallons in my truck. Do you realize that's uh, what is that? Five times 10, 90 cents every time I fill up? No way. So I came back to, to my mechanic and he said, well, to be honest, I've had that experience too, that if you, if you get Chevron, now I'm not trying to sell you Chevron gas. Chevron has not paid me for a commercial this morning. You may think that I got scammed and that's fine, but here's what I know about all of you you all have preferences that you will go out of your way to get that particular brand or thing because you believe in it. There are guys in this room that will only buy a Ford pickup truck, and there are guys in this room that will only buy a Chevy pickup truck. I know this, so don't try to fool me. Ladies, when you go shopping, guys, when you go to the grocery store, because we're a modern congregation here, There are certain things that you buy at the grocery store that you pay extra for. You go to an aisle. You might not go down for any other reason because you want that thing. You get what I'm saying? I will drive out of my way. Well, until recently, they put the Chevron at 19th Avenue. But I used to drive out of my way to fill up with Chevron fuel. See what the psalmist is saying? If you believe that everything I said in the first part of this message is true, that God's word is power, that God's word will bless you and change your life for the positive and bring you to everlasting life, you're going to go out of your way to get into this. Write this down. God's word is fuel worth seeking out. I have hidden your word in my heart That I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Underline this phrase. I have hidden your word in my heart. Have you ever traveled where there aren't many gas stations? Now, I think Montana has fixed this now. But when I was in college, and sometimes I would go up north to drive to college or go to a friend's house, driving across the vast plains of Montana, I had to think ahead of time where I was going to stop for gas. And sometimes I had to choose a gas station that was close, despite the fact that I still had a half tank of gas, because I knew that after this gas station, I would not make it to the next one with only a half tank of gas. I had to fill up. Even more so when I lived in Zambia and I would go, I, I'd always, Masompe and Makaba, these two villages that were out, I'm telling you, in the middle of nowhere, I was driving a heavy Land Rover, I hated it because the only place to put these gas cans was inside the vehicle, which then, you know what happens, the, the fumes fill the whole thing, I would try to use those gas cans up as quickly as possible, but I had to keep fuel nearby Otherwise, I knew that I was going to run out of gas. That's what the psalmist is saying. Keep this fuel nearby. Hide this word in your heart. Memorize it. Commit to just a little bit of time every day with it. You know what my goal for you is? That you would, coming out of today's message, join me in saying, I'm going to create a space of just 15 minutes in every day, just 15 minutes, where I'll read God's Word and fuel up. Now, I I didn't do the math. I don't know what percentage of 24 hours, 15 minutes is. Someone in here is going to do that math because they're getting bored. When you do it, tell me what percentage that is. It's not a very big percentage of your day, but I'm telling you if you will commit to just 15 minutes a day, if together as a congregation we would commit to 15 minutes a day, start in the Gospel of John, read about Jesus first. I'm telling you, your soul would feel the difference. God's word is fuel worth holding close with my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Now when I read that, I realized here the Psalmist wants you and me to change perspectives. Usually when we think about fueling up, do you know how we think what what lens we look at fueling up through? We look at it through the lens of the consumer of the user. Here the psalmist is saying, have you ever realized that oil is a great investment? You you ought you ought to invest in some oil futures and not just be a user, but an investor. Because you'll want, if you're a smart investor, to invest your life in things that are extremely Valuable and hold their value. In fact, that increase in value over time. And what he's telling us is that's exactly what will happen with the word of God if you will invest yourself in it. You heard at the very beginning of this psalm, he says... How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. That's investing in God's word. We have something we call here at Crosswalk the Maturity Cycle. Listen to God's word and put it into practice in your life. That's investing in the word of God. Because it's great riches. It's great riches. Third third step on this continuum. Continuum of your connection to God's word is God's word is fuel worth investing in. And, and I want to I, I be very specific about why it's worth investing in. Do you know what the whole Bible is ultimately about? The whole Bible is ultimately about Jesus Christ, about pointing you and telling you about Jesus Christ, about assuring you that you have a loving God who sent his one and only son to die on the cross to pay the Perfect sacrifice for your sins. To live a perfect life so that he could give you his perfection and you could stop your life of performance and striving and just rest easy knowing that you have Christ's perfect performance and it's been given to you. The Bible is valuable. It is great riches because it shows you how to be forgiven and how to have a relationship with God's son, Jesus Christ. That's the great riches of this book beyond any other. Sometimes we we think, well, the great riches is it gives me awesome direction for my life, and it does. But the real riches of this book is that it shows you and gives you a relationship with Jesus Christ and the God who loves you. Final point, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Why do we have growth groups? Why does Pastor Dan get up here and constantly remind us of the blessing of growth groups? Why do we have a class system, 101, 201, 301, 401? Why do we worship every week in this auditorium? Why do I encourage you to take 15 minutes and and read your Bible? Because here's the final step of your journey connecting with God through the Word of God. The final step is when you say to yourself, I can't see my life without the Word of God, without the Bible. I, I can't imagine going forward. I can't imagine my family not fueling up every day by having a a devotion time and a prayer time together. I can't imagine life without God's Word. God's Word is worth delighting in. I look forward to my time, my quiet time, just reading and listening to the Word of God. It is so very powerful Now, I want to close by answering this question. Why do I speak so passionately about this? Why do I believe this so strongly? Why do I want you to believe this so strongly that the Bible is God's fuel for your soul? Take a look at this last passage. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. This is the psalmist talking to God God, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. You are eternal. And Lord, you are trustworthy. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. You see what it's saying there? It's saying that there is someone, the creator of heaven and earth, the savior of the world, the one who loves you relentlessly, who Personally guarantees the promises that are made in this book. Personally guarantees the promises that are in this book to you. And promises my word cannot fail. My word cannot fail you. It will not let you down. It does not lie. And it is eternally true because I'm eternally true and eternally there. And I am trustworthy and I am faithful and my word is trustworthy and faithful. And my, my promises, every one of them are trustworthy and faithful. Bathe yourselves in the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the peace of God the laws of God that direct you into truth and are your true north in life. Stop in regularly to this service station and refuel. Recharge your battery using these words because you know, as I know, that God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and that means his word is eternal. His dominion endures through all generations and when the Lord is trustworthy and he is the personal guarantor of these words, these words will be trustworthy and faithful. That's why. This is a book that you can absolutely live your life by. This is a book that your family, this gospel good news message of Jesus Christ is a message that your family can live by and it will take you all the way home to eternal life in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Help us to rely on the promises of your love and forgiveness and grace and peace that we find in your word. Jesus, you yourself said, come to me and find rest for your souls. Lord, today you've clearly shown us that the way we come to you is through your word. The way that we refuel our lives personally and our our families is, is through introducing and connecting to your word, and especially the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord God, Heavenly Father, the Bible is our true north. It shows us the way to go. The the Bible is is our gasoline. It recharges and refuels us. Help us to truly believe that we can be too, like that tree planted by streams of water, and be blessed and changed by our interaction with your word. Lord, help people to think about that 15-minute space in their day. Help us all to remember that there are opportunities here at Crosswalk, class systems and growth groups to to stay in touch with your your word. And if we struggle to do it personally, at least to plant a gas station in the middle of every week. Lord, our, our souls, because we are sinful, need this fuel. We need to be constantly reassured that we are loved and that we are your children and that we are headed to eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. Help us to be confident in these words and promises that come from you because we can be confident in you who stand behind these words and promises. Lord, we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to CrosswalkPhoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. What a great way to end today's service. Here's the core of the message. This right here is fuel for your soul. Stop in and get refueled off, and I want to personally invite you to come back next week as we continue this, ser- this series and get more fuel for your soul, and I want to challenge you to think about creating a little space in your life just to sit back, be quiet for a moment, read a few verses of Scripture, and say a prayer or two. I'm telling you, connecting with God's Word that way and connecting with God through prayer, it's transforming. I'm going to send you out with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.